Have you watched this episode recently? Which one are we on? 35. Not recently, no. Oh, it's got some, it's got some good stuff. Oh, jeez. Whenever you say, oh, hey, Alice, it's got some good stuff. I'm like, oh, shit, what is it this time? We, I mean, normally doing, I will like, say it's got some. Like I'll be, double incest this time? I'll be like, it's got some stuff. Literally, the only times you've ever said it's got some stuff, it's some good stuff, and you've not meant it's actually terrible, only time that has been true is when it's an anime episode. Welcome to Imagine Me and Utena, a revolutionary girl Utena podcast. I'm Panda, I'm your host, and I'm here with my co-host Alice. How you doing, Alice? I'm doing pretty good. Today we're talking about Revolutionary Girl Utena, episode 35, The Love That Blossomed in Wintertime. Uh, you have not watched this episode recently, is that correct? That would be correct. So you probably don't know how you feel about it. I feel that it is an Utena episode. That is a valid feeling to have. Yes, my feelings are valid. Before we get started with this episode, we were having some pre-show conversation that I felt needed to be brought into the show proper. Yeah, so, like, I repeated my oft and incredibly not funny joke, um, what the hell even is an Utena? And then I was like, you know, actually, one of us was like, what does Utena's name mean? So we went to Google because we're millennial. And that's what we do. Yes, and on one of the sites, one of these like really obnoxious, obviously fake baby name sites, um, it said that Utana means refers to this. I think it's a sepal, S E P A L. I don't know how it's pronounced. Whatever it is, the part of a flower, the sepal that protects the bloom of a flower, which is mm, it's yeah, precious and gives me emotions. It fits so well. I'm tempted to believe that that might not be real, but I want it, it to be real. It's, it's too perfect. Yeah. It has to be real. Even if it's not real, then I refuse to believe it's not. Did you say that this is in Japanese that it means this or Yes. Okay. Hmm. Like I, apparently it's the word for simple, simple, whatever it is. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get a tweet about how to pronounce that word. And I'm going to feel like a fool. Yeah. Okay. Listeners, uh, one, if anyone speaks Japanese and can verify this for us, because we're not going to do it, uh, tweet at us and let us know. Two, if you know how to pronounce that word that Alice has been struggling to pronounce for the past few minutes, also let us know. I feel like that's a little bit easier. Words are hard. Words are hard. I don't know. I guess there's not much that could be that I could say without spoiling things, except that I laughed a bunch while watching this episode because everybody at Otori is so fucking extra. God, Otori, you mean you mean Purgatory Academy? Remember when I thought it was like it was all purgatory and then I stopped talking about that? Well, that's a thing again. Oh, I have um. I have a thing that came up in conversation. I was talking to former guest of the show, Abby, earlier about this episode. And actually, I think I'm going to save it for when it's relevant in the episode. There was a comment that Abby made that I really liked. And so I'm going to steal it and put it in our show. Are you ready to start? Now, last episode, we learned all about the truth behind Utena's origin story. And we're going to get a little bit of that again in what first seems like the original opening sequence 
from previous episodes, but instead has flashback images from the previous episode, which detail what actually happened during Utena's quote-unquote origin story. Well, Utena and Anthe's origin stories. I always love these intros. They're just, I don't know, they're simultaneously timeless and also incredibly like early 90s anime. Oh yeah, absolutely. Also, we got to see little Utena again. It's beautiful. Little Utena and little Anthe are so precious. I love them so much. I want to scoop them up in my arms and take care of them forever. How are... God, I just love her design. Yeah, her dress is a little weird, but... It's weird, but like... And that sort of like... Have you ever noticed that like little kids' clothes are weird? Little kids' clothes are very strange sometimes. Children are just weird, and Utena is a child here, and so she is weird, and it's just, it's logical. Look at her little blush. Yeah, she's so Aww. upset. In this uh, opening bit, it's sort of retreading some of the ground from last episode, and Akio, oh, not Akio yet, Dios tells Utena that she can't become a prince because she's a girl and she'll grow up to be a woman someday, and Utena's like, no, fuck you, I'm gonna be a prince. The abridged version, obviously. Which reminds us, if anyone has done it, it's not abridged, please, please tell us. <laughs> uh, Akio and Toga are driving in the car. and Holy shit, is, is, is Akio driving his car without, like, losing clothes? Well, don't speak to so soon. Like, he's he doesn't even, like, he even has all of his buttons up, done. Yeah, it was kind of amazing. I guess it was at the beginning of a ride. Now we're back at Otori. I guess it's the next day because it was nighttime. And Utena's, Utena keeps having like weird like deja vu flashbacks to her childhood that I guess she had not remembered at all before now. That's not actually like that. That I really like how they did this because, you know, she has this sort of like startled look and nothing really is bringing that back right now. Yeah. But she's having it anyway. Um, because, you know, like, the mind could do that. That's a thing that brings Yeah. Do. And, like, I, I mean, I've had memories that have just been blocked out. And when they've come back, it has been, like, I'm, I'm kind of seeing that experience right here. And it's interesting because, like, she obviously, she had, it's almost there, like, at the tip of her tongue. But sort of just, just in a daze. There was a really weird shot just now, like, of Uzuna putting her hand in a bucket of water. But it was, like, close up on, like, her crotch. It was kind of strange yeah i, did, I was like uh, but yeah uh utana and anthe are in the rose garden and anthe's like you know asking her if she's like upset and utana's like no i'm fine and then utana's like is it possible that we've met before and then they're interrupted by the worst man in the world who apparently uh, heard that she's been feeling down lately how did you hear that Fucker, I hate him. Look look at her blush. Doesn't it make you... It makes me so mad. So many negative emotions. Uh, and Akio says, may I steal Utena from you? I hate it. I hate him. I hate how happy she is to go on a stupid walk with him. And also, I don't know, like, I got some creepy implications by him being like, you want to go for a walk? Oh, and then, like, as Utena is leaving, like... Anthe is smiling, and then once Utena's gone, Anthe's face kind of falls and becomes like, she looks kind of irritated. Can't she see that she loves Anthe? Damn it. Mm, well, hopefully by the flowers. end. 
Yeah, uh, Akio and Utena are looking at flowers, and Akio's telling her a whole bunch of shit about these flowers, because I guess Akio's just fucking smart or something. Also, there was a moment earlier where Akio was, where Utena was talking about how she and Anthe are close friends, and then Akio was like, yeah, friends. Oh my god, did you see that disgusting, delighted face she had when he was like, I know about the languages of flowers. Uh, yeah, I hate him. This is actually, uh, right here, we are at my favorite scene in this episode, where, um... Akio is having Toga do a photo shoot with him, or rather take the pictures of Akio for the photo shoot, and they're on top of a giant mountain of cars. Because of course they fucking are. <laughs> Look at him lay out sensuously on his car mountain. Also, like every time the scene changes, Akio it, like his clothes are different, and he's like it's stroking his, his. He's like stroking his nipple. I hate him so much. <laughs> I feel like this is decent. It is indecent. Akio and Toga are talking about how Akio wants Toga to buy Utena a gift and give it to her from him, like from Akio. And Why can't he buy her a gift? Because Akio's the worst. He owns a fucking says, school. Utena is a girl who treasures a ring given to her by an old man she doesn't even know the name of. She'll be fine. Oh, that's cold. It, yeah, Akio is the worst. I hate him. And then he flipped over on the front of his car. And he reiterates that Toga has to give Utena a gift and say that gift is oh, from him. what the fuck? And then Akio just takes a bite out of a flower. That's not symbolic at all. Uh, oh God, I don't want to think about that. Okay, that's not. He's oh just holding God. a flower that's... and takes a bite out of it, and I hate him. We're back at Otori, or at least we were at Otori, but we're back at Otori proper. And Wakaba and Utena were walking on the stairs, and Toga's like, "Hey guys, stop!" And he gives Utena these earrings that Look Akio got her. And I hate it. She looks so excited and Wakaba's like so excited for her. But like Uzuna's like, oh, they don't really suit me. And Wakaba's like, you should wear them anyway. Just try them on. <laughs> Toga has a Why carrot. Why is Toga eating a carrot? Why does He's, he have a oh, carrot? Notice he is not eating the carrot. He is just Why holding is the carrot. You'll find out what you the know, carrot is for later. It's fine. You know, he's, you know, she's right. They don't really fit her. They do not fit her at all, but Wakaba's very excited about it, and she proceeds to beat the shit out of Utena <laughs> for not liking them. Don't kink shame Wakaba. I did not. I just pointed it out. Toga says that he needs to discuss something with Utena. There's something he'd like to ask her. And Wakaba's like, what, what the fuck? Don't go. But he's just going to say something mean to you again. But Utena decides she's going to go anyway. Wakaba says that she's too trusting, which is incredibly true. Yes. Wakaba Don't be warns, alone with him in the dark. Jeez. Wakaba warns her not to be alone with him in the dark. And we see... And they're riding a horse. They're riding they a are. horse. Do you recognize this horse, Alice? Wait, is this the horse from the intro? It is the horse from the intro. Or one of them, anyway. This is the horse, the black horse that Anthe rides on in the intro. I think she's riding the black horse. I don't remember. 
Toga's making fun of her for not having ridden a horse before, and Utena's like, most people haven't ridden a horse. Horses just laugh at me. Aren't horses all- part of the prince mystique you admire so much? Oh, bird. Yeah. You know, as much as I hate Toga, I'm beginning to sense that there's like, you know, that there's there's something genuine in this episode where he is genuinely starting to come out of alignment with Akio. Well, you know, we'll see the rest of the episode. Akio shows up on the other horse from the intro, the white horse, because Toga was being reckless and ended up knocking, uh, ended up knocking Utana off of his horse and conveniently Akio is there to save her and there's a really good shot of kind of a faraway shot of Toga's face where they haven't drawn in a lot of the details because like it's kind of a faraway shot but he looks so annoyed that Akio is there he just, like Akio's kind of doing his thing and he doesn't seem to lo- appreciate it from the outside well no because Toga's an unself-aware asshole I hate the way that, like, Utena's just looking up at Agio with her mouth open. She's just enchanted. Also, notice that there's, notice how she sits with the two of them. Yeah. We have this weird scene where a girl hands Toga a love letter and is like, read it, please. You'll know that I love you. And then he's like, thank you. Your earnestness is, I don't even remember what he says, but he compliments her earnestness and then gives her a kiss and then is musing to himself about how he is a playboy president. The last of a dying breed. God. You know, it's disgusting, but simultaneously kind of weirdly self-aware for Toka him. has an interesting arc in this episode, and part of that starts with this scene where he is uh, talking to Seonji. He's in his kendo uniform, and uh, they're going to spar, I guess. And that we haven't really seen them interact much in a long time. Yeah, Seonji hasn't really been in the picture Oh, Seonji says to Toga that he's never loved anyone in his life and that people are just tools to him, which is, I mean, not wrong. That's how Toga has been behaving. I mean, it's what Toga did to Seonji. Like, we got to see how Seonji was a pretty normal kid and now he's like a major asshole. And it's not hard to see that Toga kind of groomed him to be that way. Now here, we're about to get our, I guess this is Seiko and Deco we've established. Uh, a very poignant or prescient uh, sketch here that they do these shadow girls about a playboy fisherman get it because there are always more fish in the sea do you know do you know do you know who I am miss huh what's up I'm the cool, manly sailor, the legendary nice guy Casanova, the rare playboy fisherman. Oh, wonderful! How thrilling! Boil me, roast me, slice me, make me into sashimi! (laughs) All fish are like this. The fish only exist for me to exploit. Not to brag, but there's no fish I can't catch. Oh, you don't say. No fish in the world can resist my charms. Ah, another bite! What's happening here? I I can't control it! Can it be a fish I don't know about? I've never had this happen! What are you? Shh! 
I am a moray. There are no moray eels around here. Do you know, do you know, do you know what it is? Oh, the fish only exist for me to exploit. Yeah. That's really great wording right there. Yeah. So, yeah, there was about a playboy fisherman who thinks he understands what all fish are like, and then he ends up catching a fish that he's never seen before. Okay, so apparently in the Japanese, like, it's a carp, Mm -hmm. you know, a koi, and koi could also mean love. It's a pun. And Utsuna is not at bed. Utsuna is sitting by the window looking at the earrings that Akio gave her and thinking about the horse riding that they did earlier. And did you notice that the earrings look like kind of like flower buds? I do now. Yeah, they look like little they flower like, buds hanging yeah, upside okay. down. They look like juvenile rosebuds. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm, that's really I bet creepy. that's not significant oh my god no let's just move on move on to oh god now they're horse riding it's just worse uh utana is she fell asleep at the table by the window and anthe has come in to find her and i'm very sad look at anthe's expression there's something really different about it when she has her hair down she's a totally different you know yeah we cut to a scene of Akio and Toga talking about the present and whatnot. And Akio is surrounded by cactuses, which I find fitting why? because he is a prick. Why does I mean I like cactuses, but why? Come on, that was good. Yeah, that was pretty decent. I'll give you a seven. This is a really interesting conversation. There's which I'm we I want to talk about when we when we finish this episode right here. We can if you want to, we can run it back and talk about this conversation. We have the princess who revolutionized the world. Yeah, no. well how about let's let's run it back a little and we can talk about this conversation in more detail. Okay. So like we have this thing where it's like, I've won the game, and Toga's like, no, it's a draw, because she wasn't really happy with the present. She was happy with the rescue. Yeah. Remember how in the beginning he was like dead on like yeah she know you know that this isn't really her thing right yeah and it's interesting to me that toga who we think of as like who just people are tools to him this whole time knows utana better than akio does who seems to be the one organizing everything yet he's obviously does not get her and he's also been spending a lot of time with her and doesn't know that you know yeah you would expect spending a lot of time with her to lead to him knowing more about her but he doesn't because he doesn't care he doesn't see her as a person and then at the end of the conversation the cactus that toga is holding the flower on top blooms and then we're in the elevator but no crack the world shell that's just weird toga and seonji are talking it's really bleak it's like why we have to keep living when things die there's like, no such okay, thing as something no. eternal. I'll never come out of this coffin. Yeah, mm. the flashback to Utana in her coffin. And Seonji is now learning that Toga thinks correctly that the girl that they found in the coffin was Utana. And Toga is talking about how if he wants to save her, he has to defeat her. And Seonji's like, do you actually love her? And then Toga is immediately surrounded by like press conference microphones and says, even I'm not sure. The more there are more cameras around here, like they keep like more and more cameras. Oh, pause, pause, pause. Uh, I want to bring up the thing that Abby said. Okay. Because I was going to bring it up 
earlier and then I forgot because I was laughing too much about uh, Akio and his mountain of cars. Okay, so this was a message in a chat that I was having with Abby, and she said, the use of photography in Utena is also very interesting. Like, for people trapped in this kind of timeless space, when they try to capture moments, it's notable. And of course, Akio has the authority to do so, like he does with everything else. Because, like, you notice, like, earlier in the episode, Akio was having Toga take the pictures of him, and now even in this scene with like in the student council place I don't even know what you would really call it uh they are talking about Akio and there are these cameras and I I do find it interesting the concept of like them being in this time displaced world that is Otori and trying to capture moments of it on camera yeah kind of processing that but yeah isn't that neat that'd be so smart Yep. We're going to have her back on for another episode. Yes. Toga says he's received the final letter from End of the World. Wait, who's? Uh, that's just, it, they're just, it's a play on the press conference thing. A lady walked up and gave Sayoji a the, Is she water. real? No, she's as real as the person that's taking down their remarks right now. It's all constructs. I don't, what is real in Utena anyway? What's more important is the fact that they are talking about how Toga wants to, Toga wants to be like Akio to save Utena. And they're just like, as they talk, they're like removing parts of their clothing and uh, gyrating wildly. To the point where they are now standing shirtless on, like, they are standing shirtless on some stairs and talking about how Utena never left her coffin. We're all in our own coffins. Which I'm sure sounded very poetic in Seonji's mind. That's actually not a bad line. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of corny for Seonji, but yeah. For him, yeah, but in general, like, I'm thinking we're going to come back to that. Yeah, yeah, we will. Uh, Utena and Anthe are sitting beneath a tree, and Utena is playing with her earrings, which I think she does kind of secretly like a little bit, even though they definitely don't really suit her at all. Anthe's looking over... She has a look on her face that's kind of inscrutable because she seems like it seems pleasant, but it's not, you know? Yes. Utena has a oh. little bit of flashback memory when she's looking at Anthe to seeing her stabbed a bunch by the swords of the townspeople. And is immediately just like distraught. Yeah. Utena's upset again because she can't remember. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah. It kind of cuts off. That felt quick, but I guess it wasn't. It's the same as all the other episodes. They're all the same length. Yeah. I don't well, know. It just almost. feels like they're... I feel like every episode, there's more and more packed into each thing that's happening. The the endings are a lot more like abrupt in, in recent episodes. Maybe Yeah, maybe it is the abrupt endings that make me feel like it was short. There are a couple of questions that I think we need to address with this episode, as well as this arc. All right. The first is Toga. Mm -hmm. We are used to Toga originally being sort of a playboy. He's an ass, but he's like, you know, a, a human character. Yeah. And then he ends up being, no, actually, he's a sociopathic, crazy monster person. And, and, and But this episode is kind of... 
humanizing. This is a very different Toga. I mean, look at how this episode, and, and, and basically as long as he's like, we started with, you know, when you so eloquently put it, you know they fucking... Um, when they were doing that weird in bed thing, from that point to the this point, Toga is in an obvious allegiance with Akio, but he has been drifting farther away. I think he's kind of realizing that what Akio wants and what he wants may just be in incom- well, they are incompatible, but I think he's realizing that they're incompatible. I think that is part of it, but I kind of wonder if there's not something else going on. And I wonder if that something else is, think about this. Imagine you are an asshole. You mm, told imagine. yourself that, oh, I think you're sweet. But like, you're a Machiavellian asshole. Like, you go out of your way, you just use people, you know, and it's all going to work out because you're only, you justify it to yourself is that you have a goal, right? Yeah. And, you know, there's an arrogance there. There's a, I'm this way because I have to be this way. And other people aren't because they're not good enough. Toga has met someone who's just like him, but way better at it, maybe. And I think that meeting has begun to change him. Because we have sparks of humanity in Toga that we have not seen since he was introduced. And I wonder if him meeting, like him meeting Akio, someone who is just undeniably evil, has jarred him out of this sort of like what is really a kind of despair. Toga is Toga loses his agency and humanity and despair by be, trying to become something that he isn't. He is not a machine that manipulates the world. He's not a lever that can push the universe around. He's a person. And the more he tries to act like that thing which he is not, the more cold and evil he becomes. But here we have him like, I mean, he has like actual human bits of him coming out. He knows that Utena isn't really a one for dangly earrings. That's really small. But like, you know, it's interesting that, you know, he would retain that information and he has never used it. It's just something he knows. He knows enough Utena deeply enough at some level to understand that Akio is not playing the game like he says he's playing the game. And I think the fact that he, I think he is encountering himself and Akio and realizing, holy shit, I'm evil. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's really to redemption. Like he's nowhere near that. But there's an interesting sort of like right at the edge of the pit of hell. Like maybe this, maybe my entire modus operandi was bad. Well, so you see the shadow of doubt in his eyes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like you know, like he's been trying to be this like master manipulator this whole time, but now confronted with like a real master manipulator who's been able to do this for a lot longer than Toga has even been alive, and who has been able to get as I, I hesitate to use the word good at it as Akio is. I think he's realizing that this isn't really what he wants. Yeah, and like. I, he is he is beginning to realize that he wants to be something that he is not that he what he desires and what he is are divorced utterly and it's not redemptive like i'm not sure if he's going to go all the way to a redemptive arc i doubt it but i do think that in a way toga is starting to grow a conscience like oh yeah definitely like he he's kind of a jerk about the horse ride but 
it's an accident. He's not trying to get her hurt. And it makes me wonder, what was his real plan? What Was he going to confront her about Akio? And like Akio just kind of like knew it and second guessed, like kind of like headed him off at the pass? Yeah, I don't know. The scene where they're talking with the cactuses and everything seems to imply that Toga knew that Akio would be there, maybe. But its I still feel like it's kind of unclear. Like it's, I kind of got the feeling that it was sort of like, uh, I knew you were going to be there, but we didn't plan this. I just knew that you're following me. Okay. He knows that he's been outplayed, you know? Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. Like he's sort of like, I like, because th- he's really kind of antagonistic. This whole episode, he's really antagonistic. Yeah. Towards yeah. Akira. He really is. And like, there's that weird conversation with him and Seonji when they're like being JoJo, <laughs> all like JoJo style and everywhere. Yeah. And, and and all that, like, which is ridiculous. But the actual conversation, if you just look at the words, is really interesting. Like, that's the first really honest conversation Toga has had with Sayonji in the entire show, I think. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you on that. Because Toga is not known for his honesty. In fact, he is probably better known for the exact opposite. Like, that's a, that, like, it could be affectation. It might be. But it felt like it was a really honest conversation where they were like, he's like, do you, do you actually like her? And he's like, I don't know, man. Like, but something is wrong. Yeah. No, I think that, I think Toga is having to reconcile with the fact that, like, he does actually have some feelings for Utena. And I think that now that he kind of realizes the extent of Akio's awfulness, he's worried about her getting tangled up in Akio's web. And so, yeah, like... Or really, she already has been. It's too late. And well, he did yeah. it. And it's his fault. Well, partially, yeah. Here's a, here's a thing for you. I know I'm talking a lot, but... No, dude, you... Talk all you want. This is our podcast. Here's an idea for you to chew on with this episode in mind. Uta is the ideal that Toga wanted to be. Aww. Think about it. He carries himself as this sort of princely, like, charming fellow. Like, he has that weird little internal monologue about the Playboy president. And it's it's obvious that Toga wants people to see him as this princely, cool guy who is brave and in control all the time and in a lot of ways Utena seems to be what Toga wants people to see him as and I feel like part of this heel turn this very very ninth hour heel turn for him is it's it's almost a Judas Judas after like you know that there's this point after Judas betrays Christ in the Bible where he's like oh shit what did I do and where he throw, tries to give the money back he's like I, I recant this is that moment for Toga he's like oh shit this person who I've been so focused on and have like really realized this is who I wanted to be. This is this is the person I, I desperately want others to see me as. I'm about I, I have I have it's not even I'm about to. I've already ruined them. That's a really good comparison, actually. Yeah, I don't think he loves her so much as he values the idea of her. He values the idea of what she wanted to be, and the fact that he is a he is in the process of helping a monster destroy that is so powerful that it is knocking him out of his bullshit. I think that also he might think 
that he loves her or at least I think he, he might, probably does he might be considering the concept but like as you know even like Sayonji said like Toga's never actually loved anyone and I mean like that's just that or that's just Sayonji like kind of being mean but also I feel like there's you know there's truth in that I feel like up until this point Toga hasn't really seen other people as people he's only seen them as means to an end and oftentimes it's a means to an end that's going to benefit him and so yeah I think he wants to love Utena because he now sees her as a person and not as something to get him what he wants and he's not entirely there because no. Utena does kind of represent that and he hasn't just said fuck you Akio but because he's still trying to play the game and that's why I think he's not going to get that redemptive arc I mean you know I think he's not going to get it because he's still trying to play the game he thinks he can still play the game and yeah he just doesn't he thinks that's the only way to do it is to play his game he can't yeah and i mean we're that's gonna we're gonna get into more of that in the next episode i was just saying like why i think he's not gonna get that really get that redemptive arc is that even though he knows he is seeing the monster he has become he has seen he has realized that he values utana or the idea of utana or what she values in some way and he's also kind of realized wow like seonji really doesn't like me and seonji is the only thing i had close to a friend and all these kind of things and but he's still trying to play the game he thinks he can win and he thinks he can eat his cake and have it too he's he refuses to realize that he's really 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 outplayed yeah because that's the problem is that it's akio's game so it's like it's rigged like Toga can't win. He was no one was ever meant to win other than Akio. That's the whole point of the game. And he just refused to accept it. It's remember when we did that whole episode where I talked about Uthna and the Knight of Infinite Resignation and yeah. sort of the Kierkegaardian angle. This is Kierkegaardian despair. This is the existential despair. He knows that he's stuck and refuses to move. Like he knows that he's here, be, like he, he has choices and he refuses to make those choices. He refuses to be free because he's convinced that he can do it this one time. The, def- the whole definition of insanity is doing the same thing you know that quote? Oh yeah. I hate that quote. Me too. But what the truth underneath it is that the real it's really the definition of despair is doing the same thing and expecting different results. And that's kind of what I love about Utsna because you take a character who is absolute garbage and you give us a ninth hour episode where we realize that holy crap, Toga is shit, but he's also a human and now we feel weird about it. Yeah, and we're going to get more into in the next episode Toga beat trying to beat Akio by playing the game. Uh, so I'm really excited to get into that. Yeah. Also, I think we have a guest lined up for that episode. I'm going to have to email Ooh, him. I like having guests. Yeah. Yeah. So this episode. Bada bing. Bada boom. Is it bada? How do you? What is the second? Oh, oh fuck it. Bada boom. Is it, is it bada bing? Yeah, it is bada bing, bada boom. Okay, you did it right. I, I apologize. You did the thing. 
Yeah. Okay. Um. The sh- the Shadow Girls in the credits are credited as Shadow Girl A, Shadow Girl B, and Shadow Girl C. So I would take that as A Co, B Co, and C Co. Um. You could, or you could not be a heretic, and there are only two Shadow Girls. I refuse to believe that there are more than two. I'm literally looking at the list that has three different voice actresses credited for these Shadow Girls. Counterpoint. You know that you know. Did you know that like Madoka didn't even list one of the main guys involved because they wanted to keep people from knowing what they were planning to do with that whole show. Yes, but that was for a purpose. Credits a lie. That was for a purpose, and that was because if people knew that he was involved with the show, it would ruin the idea because they wanted to market Monica as like a normal magical girl show and they didn't want people to realize how dark it was going to be. So that's why they hid the involvement of that one guy whose name I don't remember because he works on dark shit and people were going to be like, oh, this guy's involved. This is going to be really dark and it would have given it away. Alice. Don't you know that they're trying to hide the truth from the people? Wake up, sheeple. There are only two. That is an incredibly reductionist version of the truth, Alice. You're, you're, you're at that thing you said. <laughs> yeah. I guess this is as good as a place to end as any, unless we have other things to say. You know, I think I, I think that basically destroyed any real semblance of credibility I have. So yeah, I think we're good. <laughs> if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at Utenacast. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Impandanata. Where can they follow you on Twitter, Alice? They can follow me on Twitter at LyraWolf, which is spelled L-Y-R-E-W-U-L-F. And they should. I need people to follow me so I can feel validated and important. Yes, everyone go follow Alice if you are not, please. If you would like to email us, you can do that at imagineandutina at gmail.com. And that's where you can get in touch with us about being a guest on an episode, whether you want to talk about one of our remaining five episodes of the show i'm starting to have to grapple with the fact that we're ending for real even though we're not going to end after the show is over but still it's a little it's a thing that we're gonna have to deal with one day at a time you know we have a bonus episode coming up that abby is gonna be on and she knows what the topic is but you don't get to know i'm very excited about it because if you get to know then you'll google stuff about it and i won't get to capture your raw reaction to the information on the recording that's a funny way to say that you're planning a coup okay i'll play along If you want to support us, you can do that on Patreon. You can find our Patreon link on basically anywhere you can find the podcast. And that really helps us out and is awesome. And if you do it, there's a chance that you could get some oots in a fan fiction. Or, I mean, Alice would probably write you whatever fan fiction you wanted, honestly. It doesn't have to be oots and I guess. I mean, I, I, I can basically write you anything, like, for reals. It's kind of shameful what I'm willing to write for you. If you want to buy a t-shirt with our logo on it, you could do that at the link in our pinned tweet on Twitter. And that's another way to support us. You can also get, like, stickers and, like, notebooks and stuff. Not just t-shirts. Um, do we have any other credits? Is there anything else I'm supposed to say? I, I don't, don't know why I'm so. asking you. This is my job. Ouch. No, I mean, look, I don't know why I'm asking you because I'm the one that's supposed to remember all this stuff. You listen to this, readers. When, when, the, when the revolution comes and I'm ousted, you'll all have been warned. Okay. All right. I think we're good. Revolutionize the world, everybody. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>